Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. Our show is a great way to expand your village and fill your parental toolbox with as many resources as possible. I'm Genevieve Kyle, and I'm your host here on Parent Talk, as well as on the Parent Pal, which is Parent Talk New French Edition. I'm 43-year-old, and I'm a mom of two boys, Alexandre, who is getting close to three, and Nathan, who is one-year-old. Today, we're talking about twin life, or how-to, so let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi everyone, I'm Heather Fox. I am the co-host of Parent Talk. I am 41 years old and I have two little ones. My son Hudson is two and a half years old and Madeline is four months. Hello, I'm Julia Trianis. I'm a twin mom of fraternal twin boys. They're three and a half, Archer and Hunter, and I'm a health and skincare specialist. Hi, I'm Krista Gruen. I am a mom. Oh, I'm 41. Yeah. And I am a mom to Foster and Weston, and they are two years old, and they're fraternal twins. Hi there. My name's Leah Karens. I have three children, 10-year-old Bodhi, who was adopted internationally, and twin girls, Aura and Kaya, who are six. And I work as an actor in Vancouver on currently on a television show called Travelers on Netflix. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for being here. We have a full house today. It's awesome. Let's go with the first question. Um, Julia, what was your reaction when you found out you were expecting twins? <laughs> uh, mine... Uh, was an unexpected twin pregnancy. So the pregnancy was planned. The twinning was not. <laughs> uh, and it was on the first ultrasound. It was on the dating ultrasound that we found out. And I happened to have a technician who normally does, um, uh, works in a fertility clinic. So she's well-versed at looking at the screen and that's what it is. And so she, I think she barely put the paddle on my stomach. And then she actually turned to my husband and she said, you're having twins. And um, I think for a good five minutes, we're like, you're screwing with us. She's like, no, I'm not allowed to. And we're like, come on. That's not right. And then she showed us on the screen, uh, the two. And uh, I was actually, I was very happy. I cried. My husband cried. We were both very happy. And uh, yeah, it's, it's actually looking back, it's quite strange because I always had dreams I would have twin boys and then I ended up having twin boys. So it was, it was kind of neat that I, Nostradamus myself and predicted <laughs> that I would have twins. And for you, Krista? Uh, for us, it was not a surprise. It was very planned. However, it took a while. So we had tried for about three years and finally ended up going to a fertility clinic. And for us, I consider our our story pretty lucky and pretty fast. We went in in July and by September we were pregnant. Um, funny story is that my husband is a fraternal twin. Oh. Um, one of the reasons though, well, the main reason why we couldn't get pregnant on our own without help or spending money <laughs> um, was because of a just like a weird chromosome thing on his end. Um, so yeah, so they were able to help us, which was really great. Um, however, you know, even though you're doing IVF, it doesn't mean you're going to have twins. So we were, again, I think just really lucky, um, the day that we were able to go in and get them put back inside, they said that they had two eggs. So they were like, yeah, cool. All right, let's do it. So, but then even after that, it was, it was actually still a surprise because, we were told that the numbers like that there's a blood test that you can get and um, that you have to take. I think it's like, is it, what is it like two weeks or something? Yeah. At two weeks you take a blood test and then they tell you, and like we already knew we were pregnant because of like, I went to the dollar store and bought like a billion tests. And um, so I knew I was pregnant, but then I talked to a friend of mine who had had twins and she was like, well, tell me the numbers from the results and I'll tell you if you're having twins or not. And I was like, cool. Okay. 
because I wasn't sure, you know, I'm 41 now, I was 39 then. I was like, well, put two in, you know, you up the chances. And she said, oh, well, your numbers are really low. So sorry, you're probably just having one. And I was like, oh, one, that's great. You know, I just, just want to be pregnant. I want to have a kid. This is awesome. And then finally we went in for our internal ultrasound at like, what, six weeks or something. And then he puts it in and he's, you know, looking around and he was like, oh, yeah, okay, they're good. And then there's the twins. And I was floored. And of course, Kyle wasn't there. My husband went to work that day because I was like, oh, they're just going to check and make sure it's healthy and everything's good and don't worry about it. It's fine. And so that moment when he was like, well, yeah, you're having twins. What did you think? Like we put two in. What? what did you think was going to happen? I was like, I just thought we were upping our chances. I didn't actually know that they were both going to stick. Like, this is amazing. I was floored. So nobody was there in the room with me. It was just me. But fortunately, we had, um, my husband and I had planned a dinner that night. So I got to tell him face to face in a restaurant with like all these people around. And he was just stunned. The look on his face was just, so, he was so confused because we were convinced that we were just having one. <laughs> So in a way, it was kind of fun to like have yeah. that surprise. That surprise. Yeah. And for you, Leah? Uh, my twins were also IVF babies. So I, we knew we put in two and that there was a chance that there would be twins. Like Krista, our numbers were through the roof. And I got the call as I was taxiing down the runway on my way to Hawaii. And based on how exhausted I was and how sick I felt and how every photo of me in Hawaii was me passed out in a car with my mouth open, just <laughs> ugly, sleeping, breathing. I knew it was twins. There was no <laughs> doubt. I, just I was a bolt disaster. Of <laughs> I'm st stuck in there. Alex, my first son, Alex, was actually a twin with the help of IVF. But at six weeks, I thought we had miscarriage, everything. And when I went for my ultrasound, Alex was still there. So we were really happy we had one. But I never knew that I was pregnant with twins. But my numbers were really high. So if I compare my two pregnancies, my numbers were much higher on, th on the first one because I was pregnant with twins for six weeks compared to the, my second pregnancy. But And I was feeling... Um, Definitely the first six weeks was uh, definitely different. I have a little bit of um, uh, my thyroid gland can act up really easy. And oh my God, like the pounding headaches and everything. And I didn't have that on my second pregnancy. So yeah, the indication was there. <laughs> second question. <laughs> Let's go for it. So did you guys have any complication when you were pregnant or at delivery? Uh, let's start with Julia. I didn't have any complications aside that I developed gestational diabetes at about the six uh, month mark, but I I pretty much knew that was coming because I'm 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 a small uh, body and it was you know two placentas versus one pancreas, so I was pretty much a given that I was going to get that. Um, but I, I was very lucky; it was mild. I didn't have to have an insulin; it was all regulated by my diet, although that sucked regulating it the whole time. Um, for the last little bit and then the birth uh went really well uh the only thing was post-birth uh i'd say about 10 minutes after my the second twin was born uh i passed out and they thought i had a blood clot but it, my body just shut down from fatigue because i had i was induced and i had to wait 24 hours for the induction to take effect and i was awake and really hadn't eaten and then all of a sudden you're giving birth. So my body was just, was just done. So um, other than that scare, uh, I would say I, I, I was pretty lucky. Pretty Everything went pretty well. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. and for you, Krista, any complications? Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of a thyroid thing while I was pregnant. But I think, again, that's pretty common. Um, nothing that wasn't, didn't, I didn't feel any different. They told me that I had an issue, but it was no big deal. Um, I was induced as well. And, but man, it came on really, really strong and fast. They told me to go for dinner and I was like, I don't think I can actually, I'm going to just stay right here. Um, and so it was okay. It was about 24 hours, uh, was dilated all the way 10, but I couldn't, they just wouldn't deliver. They just couldn't, they wouldn't come out. Um, so they pulled out Weston by forceps and 
Foster came out three minutes later. Um, yeah. And then I think it was just because it was so fast. I ended up bleeding quite a lot and they tried to put, I think they call it a balloon. I'm sure there's a more technical term for that to stop the bleeding, but they couldn't get it in because at that point I had stopped the epidural. So I was, I could feel a lot more. Um, and so they ended up, uh, saying, you know, we're going to just put her into emergency really quickly. They handed the two boys over to my husband and everyone kind of cleared the room and rushed me into emergency. And they put me out for, it wasn't very long. It was maybe 10 minutes, 15, maybe, um, to stop the bleeding. But because I lost a lot of blood, I ended up getting a blood transfusion about a day later. Yeah. But I felt amazingly better after that happened. (laughs) (laughs) And for you, Leah? No, no complications at all. The pregnancy was fine. I uh, went full term. I had a membrane sweep and gave birth 12 hours later. Amazing. I love it. (laughs) And um, did you get or ask for help when the twins were born, Julia? I didn't really have to ask because I had both sets of family really gunning to help. So it was more about uh, letting uh, the moms know where I needed the help most. And so, um, and I had friends also come out and in the beginning make food as well. But my mom, the kid, twins are three and a half. And I think she just stopped cooking for us a couple months ago. She still cooks for the boys cause she loves making them their food. And I'm like, go for it. She can come over to my house. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> She's bored. But she was, she was like, like making meals and then, um, uh, for the whole week for a good three years. Wow. Cause yeah, so my mom was awesome. And my mother-in-law would make stuff too. That was the best support. Cause you're just so exhausted. You don't really want to cook. And um, I mean, and even your spouse, even if your spouse is like super supportive, my husband was like, he's exhausted too. So he doesn't want to cook <laughs> either. Right. So it cuts down on expenses of uh, eating out all the time. I got that was probably the biggest thing. And then both sets of families would give me breaks. So um, my parents would take the boys on Saturdays because both my parents still work Monday to Friday. Uh, So they would take the boys on Saturdays. So I would have like the day to myself. And uh, they would also come over one day during the week in the evening. So I could have a break and also my husband could have a break. And then uh, my in-laws took the boys uh, two to three days a week for a couple hours. Or sometimes my mother-in-law would come over so I could nap if I was having a bad day. I so could you created it. a good village here. You had a lot of people around. You were lucky you had family. Oh, member. yeah. Everybody oh, was yeah. willing. Because yeah. especially like in, in my experience and like in a European culture, it's almost like they'd be insulted if I, if I had said, I don't want any help. Like that would have been a huge slap in the face. Like that, they wouldn't even be able to comprehend it. So I felt... I already felt like as soon as I got pregnant, whether I was going to have a singleton or twins, I knew I'd be, I'd be well supported. So I was, I was very lucky compared to some friends of mine for Mm -hmm. sure. And for you, Krista? Um, So I'm a controlled perfectionist and sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. But something that I talked to my husband about at the very beginning was really wanting that first week to ourselves. I mean, my mom and you know his parents my mom my whole family lives in victoria so that's another kind of issue well not issue but just a fact and his family live in coquitlam so and we are in port coquitlam so they're they're very very close um they were all there for the birth the day of um but then i asked to just be alone just the two of us for the first week i really wanted to make mistakes and cry and scream and yell and just do whatever we needed to get through that first week to figure out a system to figure out what we needed and wanted. And then um, my mom actually came over for five weeks and lived with us for five weeks. And that was amazing because we felt like we had already kind of set up a system and then we could kind of introduce that system to her and she could suggest some things that could help. And we took her suggestions or we didn't. And it was really, it was really good. I don't, 
it wasn't always the best for Kyle, <laughs> maybe. Um, and his mom and his, his mom was amazing too. And she came in when she could help and when my mom was tired. Um, but it was amazing to have my mom there around me for, yeah, for four or five weeks. And then I actually took the boys over to Victoria for the next, yeah, the sixth week, I think. And I just stayed with her for a whole week. And then Kyle came over on the weekend and we put, brought them back. So, you know, village, it was a small village, but it was a controlled village and that felt really good for me. Mm-hmm. And for you, Leah? Uh, my family and my husband's family, everyone lives out of town. So we had a lot of people come in when the babies were born or due to be born. I can't actually recall if that was my decision. I think they just did. <laughs> So you had a lot of people that volunteered and showed up. Yes. Where it was helpful, I was really, really concerned about my three-year-old son. I knew that he was going to have, that I was going to be really busy and he was going to have trouble adjusting to two new people in his life. So I wanted um, the family around to be with him to take care of him, uh, to know that nothing was going to change for him, which of course <laughs> everything changed for him. But we tried to make it a smooth transition. Yeah. When there's already one in the picture, right? You you can't forget that little one and exactly. it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, has anyone has done something special that really made a difference or helped your family? Is there any spe- anything specific? We'll start with Julia. One of my closest uh, girlfriends, um, she made a point of calling me every day just to check in and see how I was doing. And I remember just really appreciating that. Like she was always very conscious of, you know, she was more checking about how my headspace was. And I thought that was um, really beautiful of her to do- to double check. I was, I was, I was. She is okay. a mom. She was a she's mom a, already. She's yeah. a mom. I'm like, this is a mom will do that. A mom right? will do that, right? And um, I mean, my my own family, mine and my husband's, they did so many wonderful things along the way. Um, but and uh, I remember because uh, I don't know for for you two, but I definitely felt like for the first six weeks, like you had felt like, I felt like I had run a marathon and I was, I felt so physically weak. Um, And it kind of deflated my personality a bit. And my dad was worried that I had postpartum. So he wrote me a beautiful email with some resources, checking like, if you feel blue, it's okay. And all this stuff, right? And I thought it was so sweet. And I, and I kind of put him at ease. And I said, you know what, if I stop laughing at jokes, then you know, because I'm generally someone who likes to have a good laugh. Like then, then be concerned. I just, I'm just so tired. But I thought that was a really nice gesture. I remember that one sticking out in my mind. Wow. And for you, Krista, anybody has done anything special for you or your family? I think you know it's it's interesting that you had just brought that up, like the check in, because I'm I'm understanding now that my experience was a little bit different. I, I had probably about a handful of close friends that had already had twins. So they were really helpful before and they just got it. They knew exactly what to say, when to say it, but mostly they listened. And then after I had them, I knew I could reach out to them at any time. It was like this really cool relationship that I don't know. I just trusted them and Um, and Leah is included in that, you know, just reaching out, like I'm having a problem with this. What do I do? What did you do? What worked for you? Um, so that was, that was really, really special. And they, they checked in with me just as much as I reached out to them. I didn't reach out to any of my singleton moms. I just didn't think that they could relate to me. Maybe they could. I just, I don't know. Um, I felt really safe talking to my twin mom friends and they were checking in with me too. And that was really appreciated. Yeah. And literally dropped everything. I mean, I, I remember one of my friends, well, one of Kyle's friends, they didn't live too far away. And I called her on a Saturday morning and I said, we need a break. You got to come help us. And she was there within three hours. <laughs> that's nice when you have someone like that. That's, yeah. that's, that's really great. And for you, Leah. Uh, when we had the twins, we were living in a home, sharing a home with another family. 
uh, we lived on the top unit and they lived on the bottom unit and uh, they're such beautiful people their gift to my husband and I for the baby shower was to cook our meals indefinitely our dinners and they ended up cooking almost every dinner we had from the time I gave birth for five years and they wow yes they cooked and they grocery shopped and I think the grocery shopping was huge for me because I remember vividly the first time thinking oh well I'll just go and grab a few things for lunches and breakfast and I showed up and I had a three-year-old and two infants in car seats and once I put the babies in the shopping cart there was no room for food and I couldn't figure out how, I mean, it was so <laughs> overwhelming and I just stood in the parking lot going, what, what do I, and I just put him back in the car and went home without anything. So. Just makes me, when you were saying that, I remember like I had the, the twin stroller and if I went and got like a few groceries, cause that's all you can do when they're really small and you can't push, push a cart. That's not going to happen. Um, but I put the few groceries I could fit like in the under the pouch that was underneath. And I remember one time at Safeway, they thought I was shoplifting. And this is where I'd want to swear. But I was like, buddy, I have twins. Where am I going to put this stuff? Like it's in plain sight. And I just like, this is twin discrimination. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. I had that same thing happen. Oh, really? Yes, I had that exact exact same experience. And I um, had them in the stroller because I had gone to another grocery store and they didn't have two seatbelts. All of the seatbelts have been taken out of the carts. And they said, oh, we have one left. You just have to wait for it. I said, that's great. I've got two kids. And one of my daughters, I had had an experience where she had fallen through the leg hole. And a man, I'm so used to people. I'm sure this happened to you ladies all the time. People staring and following and wanting. I mean, twins are amazing yep. they're they're great mm-hmm. to watch yep. and there was a, an elderly gentleman who was just over my shoulder and I felt him staring and I just thought he was infatuated with the twins no he knew that she was going and he caught her before she hit the cement I was picking corn oh. I had no business in grocery stores so them grocery shopping for me and cooking that was the greatest gift I could have ever it becomes received. a traumatic experience almost <laughs> was brutal and then and then you get all so much attention in the grocery stores too you can be in there for extra half hour just fielding questions and it's I like mean, it's i hated grocery stores it's like walking down the sidewalk with a really cute puppy and everyone's like oh what kind of a dog is it how old is it so fluffy it's like okay i get it i gotta go and so at, at one point i just went oh i know what to do put your head down and just go <laughs> I just stayed in the house. I had a chihuahua, a black toddler, and a, and twin baby girls. I mean, I was a flashing sign that said, talk to me. Look at me. It's brutal. Oh, my goodness. That's great. So bring food. You know, don't send those moms with twins grocery shopping. It's no. not a good sight. And uh, don't stare. Would you say that? Like... It's hard to win because they're all dressed the same and you guys are making them so cute, you know? It's hard, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to not, not to look. stare. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as much as it is a compliment, it is super annoying, but, you know, what can you do? <laughs> Did you guys join any, like, Facebook club or group or um, twins? I know, like, Heather, earlier you were telling me we were checking just for fun on Facebook or mm-hmm. on the internet. There's a lot of great... Uh, Support groups. And yeah, yeah, so have you guys done any of that? Uh, for me, I didn't do it right away. Like I had my own kind of built in, um, internal little network of friends. Like I said before, there was, you know, five really close friends of mine who had all had twins. So I could, uh, anything I needed, any advice, any opinions, I could kind of go to them first. And I felt really secure and safe doing that. Um, but I did actually join a, I was already on the Facebook group, but I felt that I felt a little overwhelmed, um, they're very helpful because when you do go on, lots of people answer the questions, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, you're like, you want to read all the questions because you're overwhelmed in the first place. And it, sometimes it was just too overwhelming to do that. Not so, enough time. Yeah. Not enough time. Not enough brain power. You, you know, your brain's just fried. You're not getting enough sleep. It's, it's challenging. You know, you want help. And when you ask for it, you're not sure if you can 
understand it. So for me, I didn't really go back on those Facebook groups until maybe about three or four months. And that's actually when I found them really useful. Um, I I had a little bit more sleep. I had a little bit more sense in, in my brain to process and um, my experience was I was reaching out more for for um, breastfeeding because I was tandem feeding, which I, th- I also understand now that that's actually really cool. Again, I'm a controlled perfectionist. So for me, I was like doing it in like day five in the hospital before I even left. And I wanted to continue it, but I was having a lot of challenges doing it at home getting the right height getting pillows getting it's very 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 challenging um and I wanted to strictly breastfeed so I was very very stubborn and so I was reaching out and I found a lot of people were just you know they just didn't do it so it was really hard but the good thing about that was that I felt supported I felt understood I felt normal and that was that was cool and for you, uh, Julia and Leah, have you guys reached out to any groups or not really? No, I, I stayed away from groups and I still pretty much do. I just find I still have limited bandwidth and I find the content overwhelming. And I just feel like I, I have support. I have my mom, I have my mother-in-law, and then I have a close-knit group of friends who are moms to ask for support. And I've never felt like you had your European village she's European like here so we get that and I did have one friend who had twins um they're seven years older than mine I think trying to remember off the top of my head um so if I need anything twin specific I just asked her and she and I have a similar personality so and I I I never felt like I was lacking in like in information or anything like that uh living on the North Shore uh the North Shore Multiples group actually found me and asked if I needed anything and they put me on a food train and they uh, set me up with other moms who gave birth at the same time that I did and they were really wonderful in helping me figure out what do you need in the hospital, what what do you need before the babies came, came, come home and then swapping things. I bought so much used stuff off of them. It was great. And then my OB delivers so many sets of twins that she's created her own twin group uh, on Facebook for all the multiples that she's delivered. And I'm not very active, but I do see that there's a lot of support in that group for people that are new twin moms. I found that um, it didn't get started until my babies were about three. So I kind of felt like I was past the hard bits. Mm -hmm. But well, that's pretty. That's great. If it's something that is for you, you probably feel a little bit less alone with your twins when you know there's a lot of uh, groups of people living the same thing as sure, you are, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And now, um, what are you guys recommending for family expecting twins? <laughs> oh, 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 me, me. Can yeah. I go? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so. <laughs> The controlled perfectionist. So uh, it was really hard to, obviously, like Leah was saying, it was really hard to go grocery shopping and get out of the house, I found. So um, when people said, you know, I'd like to come over, is it okay? And I said, yes. And they said, what can I bring you? I said, food. I was constantly hungry, just like, just ravished, like all the time. And um, well, what do you like? And then, and I would just, oh, everything, anything that I would needed or craved, I just didn't hold back. I was like, I want I want, you know, blueberry bran muffins with, you know, coconut on top. And if they couldn't find it, they'd make it for me. Um, one of my really close friends, Orzi, her mom makes this the most amazing potato leek soup. And she brought me like the most, the biggest mason jar she could find. And I sucked that soup back within probably a day, the whole thing. I was just, it was so delicious. It was so good. So for food for me, I was just ravished all the time. Breastfeeding takes a lot out of you. You get really tired and you get really hungry and you have to, you know, drink a lot of water and eat a lot of food. Don't ever hold back from eating and just, yeah, just keep saying yes, yes, yes. And be specific, you know, and like toilet paper if you can't think of anything right yeah Yeah. just think of something like toilet paper something that you know for sure you're going to need and tell them to bring it I would say if the family that you want to support has another child 
to really go out of your way to support the older child, taking them out for an outing. It is so, I was strapped to my chair with my huge nursing pillow, 18 months. I didn't, I couldn't, my, the girls didn't take bottles. So for 18 months, it was me and being a part for more than three hours didn't happen. So getting, poor Bodhi was just never out. He didn't get to do anything, just sitting around. So, you know, doing something special for the older one, taking them out, just playing with them, making them feel special, I think is such a huge help. And in the early, early days, like Krista said, just keep, just feed the mom, feed the mom and clean her bathroom. Don't ask her any questions. (laughs) Just walk in with your sponges and just do it. (laughs) And laundry. Laundry. Or do the laundry. laundry. Yeah. yeah. Dishes. All that stuff that you just don't want to do and don't have time. And you don't care about either. <laughs> and for you, Julia. Well, I think there's a lot of support that's not only during but beforehand. So when I found out I was having twins, I got a lot of mixed reactions. And so, um, you know, I, I looking back, I did not appreciate people telling me who were parents uh, that uh, I was screwed. And um, those weren't the exact words. They use another word, if you know what I'm talking about. And uh, and that um, it was going to be so hard and I could barely survive my child. So I have no idea how you're going to survive too. We don't want to hear any of that. Um, and no, none of that. That's a little discouraging. It is. And it's like, and it wasn't coming from a, a malicious place either. They were speaking from their own, but I'm like, that's not something a twin, an expecting twin parent wants to hear. Um, so I think be mindful of what you're saying. And I think the best thing I ever heard from someone was, and she wasn't a twin parent, but she was a mom of, of, of three singletons. And she said to me, oh, it's going to be great and you'll figure it out. Just do whatever you need to do to survive. And I was, and that was the best thing I ever heard because it just means like it's all going to work out. And it does. It does. And um, if you're not sure what to say, just say it's going to get easier because it does. Um, I think for twin parents, it's helpful to know, like kind of to see you get it very much locked into a, at least this was my experience, into a survival mode at every stage. And it's like looking back, at every stage, like, it, and I think of like in three month increments, you can never really feel like you're going to get out of that stage. Um, and now looking back, I, I, it's it's so funny how I was locked in that mentality. But you do kind of get in the in a survivalist mentality for at least. The, I think I I, th- I think the three the boys are three and a half, and I just started feeling like I was out of that zone when they when they turned three. Like last summer, like last summer is when I started to see like the cusp of oh. I can see now certain things are, I I can see us going out and them not going in different directions and being able to do things more solo. And so it's helpful, I think, as a twin parent for people to always, whatever you're saying, project that um, uh, positivity in a a future mindset, like enjoy this period now, but also know whatever challenges you're going through now, they're going to get easier and they're going to go away. So um, I think that that was that was harm reflection those are those are the things that i found very supportive or or sometimes were lacking and so i had to be really mindful of shutting certain people's voices out because i'm like i don't need to go into this headspace of worrying how it's going to be because maybe you had a bad experience if that makes any Mm -hmm. sense yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I'd like to add to that too. Like I, I had someone say that to me too, just, you know, um, trust your gut, you know, what, you know, no one can tell you what to do except for you. You know how you're feeling, you know what, you know what to do. Just trust yourself that you got this. This is, this is going to be, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You're going to be okay. For me, where it really changed though, is I, I totally hear you with the little three month increments, the stages and stuff. And Um, but for the, for, if anyone's listening and they're really in that early stage and the sleeping thing is hard and the sleep training, um, for me personally, sleep training was a really cool thing. And for us, it happened out of absolute necessity because I was going crazy and I, I was very happy that we were able to, um, 
get a hold of a book called Sleep Sense. Um, anyways, it was incredible. A, a twin mom gave it to me and it really helped. And uh, at nine months, our boys were pretty much, they were sleep trained. Whatever we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna put that in quotes, sleep training, whatever that is to you. <laughs> um, but I was very, very thankful that at nine months, they were pretty much there. And that's also ironically when the fog lifted and I could see in color and I could see clearly and it's because I was getting more sleep. So whatever sleep you need to do a to big get thing. the sleep is, is, you know, and I want to go back to one of your questions too, is what was also helpful for me at the beginning was having someone, you know, if you can, if they will take a bottle, give, give the mom a chance to sleep through a feed. So if they're breastfeeding and you can say, go to bed, I've got this feed, you get an extra three hours or whatever it is, that three hours feels like 24 and it will be so amazing. Mm -hmm. So how can we, like Heather and I, that we don't have twins, <laughs> how can we support a family expecting twins or that has them now? You know, what can we do? What it It's, it's hard for us sometimes. To, I want to give good tricks to, uh, to all our moms and dads out there. Well, for me, I think it's important to know like what the parents are like and, and what's important to them and that. And um, my friends know me well, so they know that uh, when I have people over, I want to have like a clean home and I'm, I'm put together and I have food for them. So they would immediately say like, we don't care. You can be in your sweats. Uh, I don't care if the house is messy and we're bringing over a lasagna. So it's kind of nice that they knew me well enough. So I I kind of would uh, ignore my tendencies to try and, you know, put on a bit of a show. And um, I think as well is um, if you can ask them what their routine is and what's missing. So, for example, um, I would pump and uh, I didn't produce very much. So I supplemented with a uh, formula and we are in a, a three floor townhouse. And so it's kind of exhausting in the middle of the night to go downstairs, grab the stuff, come back upstairs and all that stuff. So um, we uh, ended up devising like a cooler system in the bathroom in the middle of the night. And we had a, uh, a bottle warmer there like we had all the accoutrement on the same floor and then my husband put in some like night lights so there was enough to see what i was doing but not so bright like you open a fridge and it kind of disrupts your sleep right um so we devised that whole system and then we found out maybe this was last year but this is like you know we're past that whole stage of all those early stages and we find out that there's this um for lack of a better, it's like a coffee maker machine, but Maybe it does form, formula. I have one. <laughs> it's fantastic. And we had no idea this sucker would, existed, right? It pre-measures the formula. You just push a button and boom. You I know, bottle. right? <laughs> and so we, I had, I, 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 we had someone in our circle group was like, "Oh yeah, I know about that thing." And we we're like, "Why didn't you tell us that that existed?" So I wouldn't be doing all these steps in the middle of the night, you know half asleep and no contacts in and I can't see what I'm doing. And so I think it's helpful to ask um, the parents like, oh, what are you, what's your routine right now with the twins or what do you, and then, especially if you're an existing parent, because maybe you know of a step that they can add in to make things easier. Because I was like, why, if we had known about that machine, <laughs> oh my God, it would have, oh, the night would have been so much easier. I would have loved to have someone, like I said before, come in and clean my bathroom, tell me what to do. I think Why you say tell me what really to do because you're tired? And I was so tired. I couldn't have complete thoughts. I mean, I... It's amazing. All new moms know it's so hard. You have no sleep. When there's two, or in my case, three of them that aren't sleeping, 
it's amazing. My brain literally shut down. So my husband knew that he greeted me every morning. I would get about 45 minutes from when the twins, I would get them down and from when Bodhi would wake up. And my husband would be standing there with a coffee to hand me. And I had to have that in the morning just to wake up. So I think not asking a lot of questions and just coming in and doing, taking a baby what a lot of people don't realize is when you have twins, it life is complicated. For example, I'm going back to the groceries again, but you have the groceries and you have the car outside and you have two sleeping babies and you have one toddler. Who gets to go inside? Who has to stay? What melts? over there's just not enough hands there's not enough people so just coming in and, and helping just just walk in so and jump just, in you, you you know you, yeah you know what it's like to be a mom walk in you can scan see what needs to be done and just do it while you're talking about her day folding her laundry you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and for you krista yeah i would say i would say the same thing well again i'm just gonna go back to food food is like it was just a huge thing for me but the cleaning thing was really crazy awesome too and it was it's weird because I am a cold, a controlled perfectionist. I'm going to keep reiterating that because I am like crazy. But if if someone walked in and said, go sit down, put your feet up. I got this. I'm going to do a little laundry for you. Is there anything else that you need done? I see the dishes are dirty. Do you want me to clean them? Okay. You know, I just, I had to just, and, and, and because I was so exhausted, I could let go and I could give in. And it felt so amazing for the, like for the first time, really kind of sort of in my life. And it was the first stage of me letting go was, yeah, I was just like, yeah, tell me what to do. I was kind of like, I kind of got the bug. I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. Like if I can just let go. And that's in the early days. Once they got a little bit older, yeah. I then appreciated people coming and just having an adult conversation yes. with yes. them. Yes, yes. And not talking about babies for an hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always appreciated too when uh, I would go out of the house or make arrangements to meet friends and stuff like that. I really appreciated when people would say, well, you're by yourself, so what do you need? Do you need me to meet you in the parking lot? Do you need this? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, just kind of like the logistics of stuff. So I really appreciated when people would, uh, especially people who were, were not parents, say like, oh, if you're going to come out and visit us or you were going to do this thing together, like, what do you need me to do? Like that, that, that to me, like when that's absent, I really notice it and it really um, prevents me from having a good time when, I, I to me, I just think of it as common courtesy, but it's quite surprising how often um, that's missing sometimes. And I have to say to people, well, I need you to meet me here and help me get them out of the car because I'm by myself and, you know, depending what the stages are at and or how much gear I had at the time or whatever, right? So um, I always appreciate when people were like, whatever you need, just tell me. Like, that was awesome. I know something I did with Alex and even if it was just a singleton, you know, um, my mom would come and my, my mom visit or my husband is there. It's great when someone can stay in the car with the kids when you need to get out Mm -hmm. and you need to go quickly to the bank or pick up a few things at the grocery. And if they cry because they need to breastfeed, well, you're not that far. You're just going in and out and now you don't have to get the old stroller out and the the, huge you know it takes so much time and then it's just for one little thing and you just don't do it because it's not worth it Mm -hmm. but yeah jump in for the ride and just go Mm -hmm. around and and i think i think you guys needed to go to the bank sometime or you need to go you know do your adult things I got yeah. to know all the drive-throughs real oh. well. <laughs> I always I, made fun of drive-through Starbucks. I'm like, who can't just get yeah, out of their car totally. and go? Oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. I love. We me need a, a drive-through, drive-through Starbucks. Grocery seat. No groceries dr- for like a few items. Drive-through. Right? Everything. I just want milk. Just everything. Everything needs to have a drive-through. Yes. We just need everything to have a drive-through. <laughs> that would make life so much easier. I also want to oh, add great. listening. Um, to just to add to yours is, is more is, is listening, like asking questions, but also listening, kind of reading in between the lines um, as to what the parents need, what the mom needs, what they need, what their needs are. Kind of read between the lines, especially if you're a mom, you, you can hear what they're saying, even though they might not be asking for it. Sometimes you're so overwhelmed, you don't know what you need or want. So try and listen, just read between the lines. But um, 
Also, oh yes, also being flexible. So if you're going to go out and you're going to say, oh, I really want to see you and the babies and, you know, I'm going to come at 10 o'clock. Well, okay, um, can I just call you in the morning? Because it might be a bad day. I might be really tired and I might have had a bad night or, you know, maybe I am having a good day and could you be flexible to maybe come the next day? Because that might be work better for me. Like, and just understand like, you know, sometimes people without kids or even people with kids and they're older kids and they don't remember that that craziness that is especially at the beginning stages that you just you can't pinpoint a time sometimes and sometimes just be okay that you know today's not a good day and you just can't come over today it's I'm too overwhelmed you know or also again with the listening read between the lines they might be saying don't don't come but if you can read between the lines and go oh she does sound like she needs help so reach out hey if I did this would that help would that help you yeah, cool. So I don't know, something like that too. So ask questions. Yeah, but but listening yeah. too and reading but listen, between the lines because right? sometimes you just don't know what you need. Sometimes your brain's not in the it's like you were fried. saying earlier. I sometimes too many questions didn't work for you either, right? So you get to you have to know your friends or your family. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's time for a conversation card. Can you please uh, pick one and read it to us? All right, ladies. Okay, so a question today. How did your family decide to settle in your hometown? Okay, so um, my dad is from Greece, so he came here in his early 20s. And then my mom, uh, my maternal grandparents are from Spain. Then they went to Brazil, where my mom and my aunt were born. And then they moved to Montreal when she was one. And then they came to BC. Uh, and then that's where I was born. Um, and then my maternal grandfather actually wanted to move to Australia. Uh, but my maternal grandmother shut that down hard because she said, we're, I'm tired of moving. We're staying in BC. So that's how we came we to go. be here. Uh, I'm going to talk more in, yeah, about my immediate family, like myself, my husband, and my kids. We were living downtown trying to get pregnant. We moved out to Port Moody thinking maybe one day we'll have a family out here. This seems like a nice place to, you know, put our feet down and get comfortable. We lived in Port Moody for four years. Um, That was during the time we were trying to get pregnant, trying to get pregnant, trying to get pregnant. And then eventually we got pregnant and we were living in this, you know, it was a nice two-bedroom condo. And we were like, this is not going to be good. What are we going to do? What are we going to do when we have the boys? Are going to move them when they're one? Like, no. So we moved two weeks before they were born. We moved out a little bit further and we ended up buying a condo, but it was on the ground floor corner unit with a big 70 or 750 square foot patio, all one level, two bedrooms, two full baths. It was a dream to find um had some family help to get there i'm very thankful for that and yeah so so grateful i think my most interesting moving story is when we moved to north vancouver and we did that because my son who was born in ethiopia was raised in an orphanage and then in what's called a transition house um, with another little boy who was also being adopted by Canadians. And when we were finally allowed to go over and meet our son in Ethiopia, we met the family of this little boy that our son had lived with his entire first year of life. And they were a young couple from Red Deer. And we decided that we wanted to keep the boys together. So... My husband had already gone back to Canada by this point, by the time the little, by the time the red deer couple came. And so I said, you know, my husband's a lovely guy. You guys are wonderful. How about we agree right now to vacation together twice a year for the rest of our lives? And they said, yes, let's do that. So when I found out I was pregnant on my trip to Hawaii, that was to go and meet them. And on that trip, I said, well, I guess we're moving. We're pregnant, I think, with twins. And they said, oh, we've got big news too. We've decided to move to Vancouver. And it just seemed the most logical thing in the world for all of us to rent a home and live together and raise the boys as brothers. And their son believes that he has, he was raised to believe he has a brother and twin sisters. And uh, the kids were all raised as siblings and just one big happy family. 
That's so beautiful. I know. (laughs) Oh, it's so great. Mm -hmm. I think for me, what is rare about my story is that I'm actually third generation born in the Vancouver area. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Rare. Very rare. BC is all about everybody coming here from somewhere else. And my grandparents were all born in Vancouver. Wow. So (laughs) very, very cool that I have such history here in the Lower Mainland. And I've always lived here. I can't imagine living anywhere else. And it's so it's my great grandparents that eventually had come over from Denmark and England and stuff. So, yeah. So other than that, I am BC through and through. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. For me, it's my old family, still in Quebec, full-on French-Canadian. My Certain people in my family don't even speak English, so it's uh, definitely like they will not go anywhere. And uh, I always felt I was a big girl in a small city because we live a little bit outside of Montreal. And uh, after I graduated as a hygienist, uh, there was quite a big of uh, there was a lot of demand as a hygienist in Vancouver, so I uh, and I was a big snowboarder, so Whistler and the mountain, and I've always liked hiking. I still love hiking, so that was I was coming here for one year. I'm still here, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then my husband is from England, so we moved here with his family when he was nine year old, and uh, I actually knew the whole family because all my my client had a dental office, but I never met Alistair. And uh, I ended, I, so I met his mom and cousins and aunt before I even knew my husband. And uh, so we finally met online. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I knew everybody. Cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so we, um, we got married and uh, now we're having babies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies. Um, I want to thank you. Um, I want to thank you, Julia. I want to thank you, Krista. I want to thank you, Leah and Heather for being here today. Thank you for your sharing and your contribution in other parents' life. Because we don't know what impact another person, right? So thank you. For uh, our listeners, if you have any question you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, uh, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean. Or you can subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. And please, if you have a minute, take the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That would be fantastic. We want to know what you think. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.